I fought a good fight. I finished my football race. And after 18 years, it's time. Basketball players, we're really supposed to shut up and dribble, but I'm glad, I'm glad we do a little bit more than that. Eventually, every ball would go flat. But that doesn't mean that your life will flatline. What will you do when the game is over? Hello, 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 everybody, and welcome to episode 36 of World Battles Endless Hustle. I am Matt Cohan, and I am joined, as always, by my main man, Arthur Cade. Today, we have a very special guest on. He is famed NASCAR driver, Ryan Blaney. He drives number 12 for Team Penske, which is obviously a powerhouse and he was probably one of the chiller dudes that we've talked to especially considering that he's coming right off of that insane daytona 500 crash it was 16 cars he was so calm he was eliminated and i think he was kind of annoyed but he was like ah, you know life goes on but you know what matt when you got that nascar money you're that calm too trust me nascar money it's like cam newton i'm rich i'm rich when kids are screaming at you you're like i'm rich <laughs> uh yes he's obviously on you know the netflix new comedy series that we've obviously talked to freddie stroma and kevin james about the crew so he makes an appearance on that he talks about acting he talks about driving he talks about peeing your pants we ran the gamut with him, and i had quite some time talking to him i'm not a nascar guy you know it's not my first top three sports but you know, the, these guys were talking to these drivers, you know, Scott Dixon, obviously Blaney, you know, they're getting me interested in the sport just because their passion is just so apparent. Well, I think one of the great things about our show, Matt, is we're able to take these people who you're only going to see Ryan driving a car. And then afterwards, he's going to give his press interview, which is probably point by point by point what he's been prepared to say. When they come on our show, we get to see the different sides of them. So you'd obviously touched on some of the topics we covered in this interview, but he also talked about how he became a Star Wars fan. It was like watching a little kid geeking out about it. He talked about his crush on Daisy Ridley. He talked about his friendship with Bubba Wallace, who's obviously been all over the news. And I think you and I might have ended that friendship. I don't want to spoil why. You guys will have to listen, but... I'm not sure Bubba Wallace is actually Ryan Blaney's friend after talking to Ryan Blaney, but that's the joy of what we do, Matt. Whenever we can get a guy like Ryan Blaney, who you and I may have not been that familiar with, and that outside of NASCAR mainstream fans are not familiar with, you're going to walk away from an interview like this and be like, man, I really like this guy. And there's so much more substance to him and his life than I ever imagined. And I think people are going to really get that from this interview with Ryan Blaney. So outside of us just continuing to plug it, Endless Hustlers, here's Ryan Blaney. Joyous day here on Endless Hustlers. We have on NASCAR Cup Series star, actor, and most importantly, the voice of Ryan in Cars 3, Ryan Blaney. Hello. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it. Yeah, it's good to see you're in, in one piece. Obviously, you're coming off that 16 car wreck at Daytona just days ago. Put a bunch of drivers out for the entire race. Can you run us through what your take is on that now and now that you're a few days removed from it? Yeah, you know, it's things um, it's things getting taken out that early, you know, for sure. You know, we're in a 500 mile race and we got taken out at mile, you know, 30. And, um, you know, that that's just no good. And, uh, you know, we almost made it through that wreck and uh, I kind of caught the grass and it was so wet down in 
it rains so much in Daytona, the grass just rips up these cars. So uh, that put a short end to our day. And heck, I was I was home before they even went back green uh, after the rain delay. So it was painful to watch the you know the better part of the race sitting on the couch at home. Uh, you never want that to happen. But um, you know the good thing about that is we get to go again this weekend. Uh, go back to Daytona on the road course. But yeah, it's a shame our 500 hopes were ended so early. Um, but you just got to put that out of your mind and, and go racing uh, the next week. Obviously, you know, crashes are part of the sport, but is there like an etiquette behind the scenes? Like, are you guys sending each other like edible arrangements to each other if you're, if you're <laughs> the cause of a crash? No, uh, no. <laughs> um, that part's tough, you know, especially at the speedways. Um, one little mistake by one car can take out 15 cars, you know, so that's the bad thing about that stuff. And uh, no, it's not like that. You know, it, certain things, you know, if you and another driver kind of get into it at another racetrack and you, you get into each other wreck or something, it's unintentional. Yeah. You'll talk to them. But um, no, I have not heard anything from the guy who caused that 15 car wreck that I got in. Um, that's just a lot of people that he has to call. And I don't know if he has the minutes on his phone to make that happen. So. We just spoke to your Netflix co-star, Kevin James, a couple weeks ago. I love even saying that. Matt's introduction was great, but he missed the most important one, future Oscar winner, Ryan Blaney. (laughs) (laughs) You did a fantastic job, man. When you were like seeing the articles talking about your acting, what's going through your head? Is there a career change in the works? Uh, You know, I hope there's no career change. I'd really like to race for a long time. That was a lot of fun. You know, we we filmed the crew uh, up in New York, about a year ago, a year ago um, in January. And uh, that was so much fun. You know, they were, they were great to us. Uh, Kevin James, I, I loved him growing up as a kid, you know, on King of Queens and all that stuff. And just a, a really funny and really polite, nice guy. Um, and it was very welcoming towards us. And uh, it, was a, it was a pleasure to get to talk to him a little bit. And I was really impressed on the way they approached that show. It's a, it's a live audience sitcom based around, you know, NASCAR and racing. And it's, it's a, it was a lot of fun. You know, they're not, they, they poke fun, but they're not making fun of racing. You know, they, it's just being funny. And um, it was, a, it was really cool to be on. I'm happy everyone really enjoyed the episodes um, since they came out, you know, a couple of days ago. And it was a, a lot of fun to be a part of that. Hopefully that I get invited back. Career change is not going to happen, uh, but I enjoy doing little cameos and stuff like that. So uh, those people were great. All the writers, directors, producers, they uh, did a great job on that show. So you're saying we're not going to see a dramatic film with you and Dame Helen Mirren or Meryl Streep anytime soon? <laughs> you know, I'm a big Meryl Streep fan. So, you know, if she asked me to be a part of it, I would. But uh, I haven't got that email or call yet. So we'll see if that comes maybe one day. How like weird is it seeing yourself when you're watching a TV show? Obviously, it's one thing like driving a car. That's what you do as a profession. But when you actually watch an episode and you see yourself as an actor... Is there like a self-analysis that happens? Are you like, oh, I don't like the way they shot me or I have a double chin here? Like what's going through your head? I don't really care. You know, I mean, I don't really, I don't try to nitpick myself apart, you know, and uh, you know, you, you are who you are, you know, you look like what you look like. I mean, if you're, if you're constantly judging yourself, I mean, just be happy with the way you look and no matter how it turns out. So um, no, I don't really judge myself, anything like that. You just go. And so that role was so easy because you were being, yourself you were literally i was playing me so i I hadn't i didn't have to change anything about it um they just gave me a couple lines to read and say them how you want to say them but um no i I don't really get too critical and man i wish i would have done this or this 
uh, on that side of it. Now, racing is a little bit different when you can, it's your job and you can kind of nitpick that, but when it's just fun things to go do, just, just have a good time with it. And that's uh, what we did for sure. I think your real magnum opus was your appearance in Magnum PI a couple of years ago with that eclectic group of characters. I think it was Eddie George, Ken Jong. How was yeah. that experience for you? So that was a that was a really unique experience because they shoot that in Honolulu, Hawaii. And uh, when they asked me to be a part of it, uh, that episode, I was actually vacationing uh, in Maui at the time. And so I was like, wow, this is just a couple islands over. Let me catch a plane, go shoot for a day, and then go back to vacationing. But that was a lot of fun. Ken Jong is the, one of the funniest people I've ever met in my life. Um, I ruined multiple takes because he would just make me laugh. And I was like, sorry, I, I'm not professional. I can't you know, keep a straight face when these guys, I love watching in movies and TV shows or making jokes. I just can't, can't get over that fact. But yeah, that was a lot of fun. Um, Jay Hernandez was uh, on that show too. He's Magnum. And uh, that was really cool to, to meet those guys. But that was what a cool show to be on. You get to just shoot in Hawaii and that's like your job and you're in Hawaii for months at a time. And that's a lot of fun, but I've been able to do a couple, you know, really cool TV shows. We did that taken show um, with Clive Standen and the little, the cars three little voiceover I did was a lot of fun. So it's, I like doing that stuff. Um, I enjoy seeing the behind the scenes that goes into movies and TV shows. There's a lot of people involved in that stuff uh, that you don't get to see. Uh, it's, it's crazy how many people are, are in that stuff of setting up, you know, a certain shot or sets and things like that. And that's, that fascinates me of how many, how many things go on behind the scenes that you never see when you see the finished product on TV. So speaking of cool experiences, and I'm going to throw my co-hosts under the bus right now. He's never seen Star Wars. Oh, and I'm man. an enormous Star Wars fan. And I know that you're an enormous Star Wars fan. That's so I, I want to talk, I know, crazy, right? I want to talk to you about, A, how you got into Star Wars and some fun memories with that, but also B, meeting Daisy Ridley, who I read was your celebrity crush. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I got into Star Wars. Um, so funny story is my uncle uh, is a big Star Wars fan as well. And he got me into Star Wars. I actually, the first Star Wars film I saw was Spaceballs. Remember Spaceballs? Yep. That was the first Star Wars film I saw. Uh, we were at, uh, my grandmother's house and he was watching it and he I was watching it with him and I was you know six at the time and then I loved that and then the first Star Wars film I saw was the Phantom Menace that came out when I was like eight or nine years old and so like that was the first Star Wars film I saw in theaters and that blew my mind and then uh, as I got older you know I realized that there were these oh there are these films that came out in the 70s and 80s oh my gosh and I saw it because no one in my family were Star Wars fans except my uncle so that was a little bit different. Like my mother and dad weren't Star Wars fans. So they didn't, you know, you got to see this. This is amazing. But uh, I just liked it as a kid, you know, and that eight or nine years old, your mind is like developing and things you really like or hate. And it just caught my eye and just been a huge fan ever since. Uh, and then I got to meet, yeah, Daisy Ridley. Um, it was like right when The Force Awakens came out and I was in LA and me and a buddy, Bubba Wallace, were at a Lakers game. And we were walking through this tunnel to kind of leave. And Daisy, I saw her walk by earlier that game. I was like, oh, my goodness, Daisy Ridley. He didn't know who she was. He's not a Star Wars fan. And so I was like, man, I'll never see her again. That was amazing. You know, I was like seeing a unicorn. I saw Daisy Ridley walking by. And then we walked through the tunnel to leave the game. And she just happened to be walking back into the game. I was like, oh, my gosh, this is, I'm, you know, I got to take my chance here. So I asked her for a picture. She was very nice. Uh, and that was really the end of it. We said maybe 
five, 10 words to each other. And I really regret that decision. I wish I would have tried to pursue it more, but uh, I was very thankful she took a picture with me. She was very nice. And uh, yes, she is my celebrity crush and probably will be for the rest of my life. I cannot believe you didn't shoot your shot with Daisy Ridley right at that moment. Come on, I was so Ryan. nervous. I was so nervous, man. I mean, you know, you, you dream about meeting your celebrity crush, right? And then you actually meet them and you don't, you have no idea. I was sweating. I was nervous. I didn't know what to say. Like, what, what would I say to Daisy Ridley to get her to, you know, go to lunch with me? And that's, I just didn't have anything for her, man. I was so nervous. I'm so mad at Bubba Wallace. I would have been such a great wingman in that situation because I would have been like, Daisy, NASCAR star right here. Yeah. Lots of money, lots of sponsors. Yeah. And like, I would have been just hyping you up. I would have been like Puff Daddy for you. <laughs> yeah, I didn't I didn't bring that up. People asked me, they were like, Did you bring up your NASCAR driver? I was like, no, that's that's kind of you know pretentious. So I'm not I'm not gonna bring that up, you know, unless she asks. But no, missed out. Never see her again, probably. So <laughs> ruined it. <laughs> Hey, and Arthur, just, uh, you know, for my own, you know, value here, I did have Sega Saturn where they have the Anakin, the, the video game. And I did play that in my childhood. Never seen the movies, but I'll give myself credit for that. Oh, good. That's a start. <laughs> That's a start. Uh, so, Ryan, I'm not sure if you're if you're a Hemingway guy. He said auto racing, bullfighting, mountain climbing are the only real sports. All others are games. You know, most people don't view drivers as athletes in the traditional sense, but we talked to Scott Dixon and he said he does two a days. You know, you're obviously rep by body armor. What does your fitness and diet regimen look like at the moment? You know, it's always a constant, you know, it's just, it's a different sport than, you know, football, basketball, baseball. It's all sports are unique, right. And in their own way. And you don't have to be the biggest guy in, in motorsports, you know, it's just kind of not how it works like in basketball or football, baseball, just it's kind of a different kind of training thing. So it's a lot of cardio stuff, you know, high temperature, high heart rate situations. We try to put ourselves in like we're in, in the race car. Um, because, you know, being in, in the summer months, these things get hot, you know, they get up to one thirty, maybe even more than that in the car, you know, in the summer months. And, um, and you're in there for three, four hours sometimes. And that, that takes a toll on you. Um, so it's a lot of, yeah, a lot of cardio, a lot of high heart rate stuff, uh, high heat, you know, training just to kind of get comfortable in that situation. Um, so that, that's a big thing. You know, I'm not a very big guy by any means. I don't do a lot of strength training. Uh, it's just a lot of the cardio stuff and trying to prepare yourself that way. And that just makes it different than any other sport. And, um, you know, like I said, every sport's unique and kind of how you have to approach it fitness wise. And that's just kind of the way we approach ours. Let's talk about all the celebrities getting into NASCAR right now. Your buddy Bubba has got the goat repping him now. Alvin Kamara is getting involved. What the heck's going on with your sport right now? Why does everyone want to throw money behind it? Just growing. You know, the sport's growing, which is great. You know, with, like you said, Michael Jordan joining in, starting a team uh, with Denny Hamlin and Bubba driving. That's a great, great team there. Um, you know, Pitbull, part owning a team. That's great. Alvin Kamara, I saw that, I think it was yesterday or two days ago. Uh, that he was getting into it. I think it's great. You know, people are are realizing that the sport is very unique and there's a lot of opportunity in it. And there's a lot of, of great people that want to support it. And it's it's nice that it's finally getting to be that way. And, and you know, I, I love it. You know, if, it's more, if more people are supporting it, more athletes, um, you know, celebrities, artists, whatever around the world are getting eyes on NASCAR that gets just more people eyes on NASCAR. So I think it's awesome. It's, it's great for the sport and it's just, it's growing like crazy. And the people that are joining in and being owners or just 
you know, wanting to be on the car or support their foundations or whatever they're supporting, uh, that just, you know, puts more eyes on it. And it shows that, you know, it's a, it's a very unique sport to watch and um, a lot of people are enjoying it. So that's good. Please tell me that you are calling Bubba and asking for some QT, some quality time with the goat, like whether it's yeah, on the goat. I've tried. It's, it's, uh, I, I told him, I said, one thing I want from you. I said, I, it, you don't have to give me anything ever again in life. Just let me go hang out with you and Michael Jordan. Like, let me just talk to him, you know, even or go play around to golf with him. Now I can't, I can't throw money down like MJ can. So I, you know, I can't do that, but I just want to talk to him. You know, I huge, I mean, who doesn't want to meet Michael Jordan? I mean, the guy's the biggest name in sports probably in history and I'd love to meet him sometime. Uh, so that's one thing I've asked Bubba. I just like to meet Michael Jordan, talk to him for five, 10 minutes. And that's, that's going to make my year. So we'll see. What's his response to that? We'll see what we can do. It wasn't, I wasn't very optimistic yeah. about it after he I'll told call me. you. Yeah. yeah. So we'll see. Uh, so I got, I have to now get a high celebrity friend that he really wants to meet. So I can like be like, no, I don't know if I'll see, you know, if you'll be able to meet him. Yeah. So I got to work on that. Ryan, are we sure that Bubba's actually your friend? Between him not assisting you in getting a date with Daisy Ridley, and now he's not letting you meet Michael Jordan, are we sure that Bubba Walsh is really your friend? You know, I don't know. I think about that some days, you know, and, you know, between that and, you know, like the MJ thing, like you said, you know, I help him out. I help him move things. He borrows my pickup truck when he wants to help him get stuff. I got him a toolbox this year, and, you know, I get nothing in return. I think he gave me, he gave, I got him. So I got him this, we have a great partnership with snap on tools and I got him this awesome toolbox that he needed for his garage. This was like a multi-thousand dollar toolbox. Toolboxes are very expensive. And he gave, in return, he gave me like the little in-ear beats. Like he was like, and we're even I'm like, that's not even close to even. So I don't know. He might not be my friend. Um, he might just be using me. So, but we have to, we're going to have to have a conversation about that at some point to see. See him and Jordan are a good match because Jordan is notoriously Charles Barkley was like, he's the cheapest guy ever, you know? So if that's, it seems pretty true to form their uh, yeah. nice partnership match made in heaven. There but you speaking go. Of, speaking of Bubba, he said on Kevin Hart that there's that story about Tony Stewart soiling himself on lap 20, I believe in 2004 serious at the Glen. Can you confirm or deny yourself ever crapping around a track? You can be honest. This is a safe space. Have, have I done it? Yeah. No. No, 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 no. So, you know, there are some situations, you know, so we're okay. So I get that question a lot. Like, what do you have? What do you do if you have to go to the bathroom? You know, I get that question. That's like the number one question I get asked, you know? Yeah. So you're in a car for three, four hours. You're hydrating all week because you're losing so much water through the race because it's so hot. And yeah, what do you have to do? Because you can't get out. You can't call time out and go to the bathroom. <laughs> so there are people who have pissed themselves uh in their suits in the in their car because you know you can't hold it anymore i have not because i would feel so bad for my interior guy who has to clean out my in my, my seat i would just feel so bad so I've, I've never done it um i've had a couple of occasions where i've almost done it but i've fought through it um so i have not done it some people do it um this is part of it but uh I can say proudly that I have not been one of those people. That's a bigger achievement than winning the Daytona 500. Hydrating <laughs> for five hours. I can't even go to the store. I have to like pull over to the side of the road and take a leak. I mean, that's yeah. impressive. I have so much more respect for you now, Ryan. <laughs> Appreciate it.
I get panic attacks when you start feeling that like onrush yeah. of I need to go to the bathroom and you're in the car and there's no bathroom nearby. I literally get anxiety and panic attacks. I can't even imagine steering a car at the speeds you have to do. I Like you said, Matt, I barely can keep on the road straight at like 30 miles an hour. <laughs> the good thing is, what do you have to go to the bathroom and you're like green flag racing? You don't think about it, right? But like when a caution comes out, you're like that's all you can think about is you got to go to take a leak so <laughs> when it's green and you're racing your mind's on something else but if you have a caution or a red flag red flag is worse because you're sitting there doing nothing and you really have to go but uh luckily hopefully i can keep that streak alive and not have that accident so what was it like meeting kobe bryant i got to meet kobe um two years ago uh in las vegas we were at you know he was a he was a big investor in body armor uh he was a big partner in that it was with them since the beginning. Uh, and I've been with body armor for four years now. And, uh, so we were at a dinner in Vegas and I had a fire suit. I was going to give him. we had body armor at the car on the car at Indianapolis. And I wanted to give him a, a fire suit that I wore, you know, just, just as kind of a token of, you know, thanks for what you do. So I got to talk to him for, you know, 15, 20 minutes before this dinner. And it was the, the coolest thing. You know, I grew up a huge Kobe Bryant fan and just to be able to talk to him about, he wanted, he wanted to know a lot about racing. He was really into my sport and what we did and asking me so many questions about it. And I was nervous answering these questions and I knew the answer hundred percent, but he was so into it and asking these questions. I didn't like, I, I was scared of getting it wrong when I knew every answer to every question. Um, you know, people talk about the Mamba mentality that he had and that showed up even in our conversation. And he was just asking me about my sport and kind of what goes into it, what you do. Uh, and I was just so starstruck by being able to meet him and, and talk to him and that he was so interested in what I did. That was the coolest thing. I, I really wish I could have met him again and, and, you know, got to ask him questions about his routine and kind of how he would prepare for big games. Um, Cause I was really curious about that, you know, just a very sad deal that happened, you know, with he and his daughter and the other families, that was just a tragedy. And um, I, I know the world misses him for sure, but uh, I will never forget that moment getting to meet Kobe and, um, it was just a, a very, very special experience um, that I will always remember. Isn't it crazy, Ryan, some of the shit you've gotten to do over your life? I mean, when you think about it, I was just also looking up, you did the Avengers Infinity War premiere. I mean, there's there's some really cool stuff you've done. Do you ever like just pinch yourself and you're like, why me? Yeah. You know, I look back on that stuff, all the you know things I've been able to do. I try to keep like little like tokens that remind me of what I did, you know, whether it's, you know, the premieres I've gotten to go to of keeping like the passes or places I've been, you know, because of what I do, I try to keep something that reminds me and keep it around the house so I can remember it. Cause all these things, you know, they're easy to forget. Um, when you do, when you, you know, you have so much going on, they're easy to sometimes forget and not appreciate as much as you should. Uh, so yeah, I've been really fortunate to do some amazing stuff, get some opportunities to meet some great people, uh, go to some great places around the world. And yeah, that's, that stuff is, you know, it's easily overlooked at the time, but it, you really appreciate it when you go back and think about it, like, man, I'm very fortunate to be able to have these opportunities and, and do, you know, it's a pretty a privilege to, you know, be able to race a car competitively every single week. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been a, a really fun ride and uh, just the beginning of it. So hopefully we can, you know, continue to do some cool things and, um, you know, we'll find out what the future holds. What is your home garage look like how many cars do you have and which one's your favorite i i'll start i have one nissan rogue sport and that's probably my favorite 
Good. I think that's a good start. Good. Um, yeah. So I'm a, I'm not a massive car collector. Um, I have, I have a, a handful. Um, I like older cars. Um, so my, my favorite one I have is I have a 1985 Ford Bronco um, that I, I love Broncos. Um, so I have one of those. I have an 88 Ford pickup that I really like. It's just kind of a beater truck. I have a, a, a Mustang uh, from a few years ago. And then I have my, uh, my, my company Ford F-250 pickup truck that I drive around pretty much every single day. And I have a, I have a new Bronco coming, uh, the new Broncos that are coming out. My, I ordered mine. So all Ford vehicles pretty much is what I have just because I support uh, the brand. But yeah, not, not, I don't have 10 cars. Just uh, most of them I, I got for like that, that Bronco and truck I got for like 5,000 bucks. So it was nice to find a good deal. Uh, but yeah, those new Broncos are, are sexy. Yeah. The I'm, ones coming out. Yeah. I, I can't wait to see mine. I, I think it's going to be a few more months till I get it, but uh, I'm really excited to see it in person. I think everyone's going to like it. So I'm always fascinated. Whenever I talk to NASCAR guys, they have the types of cars that you're explaining. I would expect you guys to be like, I have a Bugatti or I have like a Ferrari Spider. Why doesn't like, why don't I ever hear NASCAR drivers have the most exotic sports cars on the planet? It's always like the American race cars. Yeah. Um, I don't know. You know, I, I know some guys who have like some exotic stuff, um, but it's just not, I'm not really sure why it's that way. You know, I, I don't really have any, like, yeah, I see a couple, you know, really cool cars then and I'm cheap man. I don't, I don't like spending any money. So I, you know, I, I don't want to go out and buy that stuff. And um, if something comes across um, actually, so the one I might splurge on here that I saw it's in Charlotte. I love, uh, old Land Rover Defenders. You ever seen those? And I found like a 1997 Land Rover Defender. It's like a safari car. And uh, I might get that. That's That would be like the most expensive thing I ever bought because they're really rare. But yeah, instead of a Lambo or like a Ferrari, I, I would get a Land Rover Defender from 1997. So. We talked to uh, uh, NFL cornerback, former NFL cornerback Patrick Sertan yesterday, and he said his big splurge, he bought a 450,000 Rolls Royce, had it for three years, put 5,000 miles on it and sold it for 150,000. We were like, Jesus. Dude. And, and paid cash for it. Yeah, Walked into a dealership and wrote a check. Oh, we're talking gosh. to you. You're like, uh, you're like, I have a 94 Bronco. I'm like, Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, I, I always find it hard to buy stuff that depreciates that much. You know, you have to look at it like long-term, like how much am I going to lose on this investment? Yeah. Uh, but I mean, at the same time, you have to have fun. You know, if you're into that stuff, have fun with your you know money. If you know, you're, you're doing good enough to do it. Yeah, have fun with it. But um, it's just different people work different ways, I guess. I'm always curious how a driver picks his number. How did you pick 12? In the, in, especially when you get to the Cup Series, um, all the teams pretty much own the numbers. So Team Penske, uh, they owned the number 12. You know, they have trademarks on the numbers. So the 2, 22, and 12, that was just their number. So the team really picked that number uh, for me. You know, in other teams, it's pretty much the same thing. You know, the, whether it's Hendrick, Gibbs, Stuart Haas, they all have their numbers that the owners want uh, to run, whether it's special to them or what. So that's really across the board in the Cup Series of the, the team picks it and the drivers don't have a ton of say in what number they're going to run. 
Arthur and I are from the the Northeast, where obviously NASCAR isn't as huge as, as it is in the South. Can you describe the fan experience of attending an event like the Daytona 500? Because a lot of us Yankees are kind of still in the dark. Yeah. yeah um, you know, I always say to people who especially have never been to a NASCAR race before or, you know, that's the biggest thing is like, you know, yeah, if you watch it on TV and you're kind of skeptical about it, you got to go to one. You know, it's just the live experience of it that changes everything. TV, TV never does any live sporting event justice, I feel like. You know, it's just hard to feel the atmosphere and, you know, the noise and the energy. Um, and if you're going to go to a race, you know, I suggest you to go into 500 Daytona or any race at Bristol is pretty great. Darlington's great. But really, if you, you know, if you're from Northeast, so the closest one to you guys would probably be New Hampshire. Yeah, probably uh, in Loudoun or Watkins Glen up in New York. So uh, either one of those would be great for the North. But um, yeah, just the atmosphere around there and the you actually see the speed of the cars in person. You actually see how fast we're going because on camera, there's a lot of going that fast when you have a camera view from way up and it's really panned out. You can't really tell. And then when all of us are going 200 miles an hour, you can't tell a speed difference between anybody. So uh, I just say, you know, you got to experience one in person um, just to really appreciate it. And maybe you'll get into it if you see one in person. I remember growing up, Tony Stewart was the guy that everybody hated in NASCAR. He, and he, and he relished, <laughs> I love how much he relished in that role. Who's that dude right now? Who's the guy that all the drivers kind of like just hate? <laughs> um, I don't know if all the drivers hate. Uh, I feel like the guy who gets that title now is – Kyle Busch, I feel like he just he just gets that title, you know, and, and fans give it to him. And, you know, so I don't I wouldn't say all the drivers hate him. Yeah. You know, people you get in skirmishes with every driver, you know, throughout the year, whether it's, you know, whoever it is. But I think Kyle's kind of taken that role uh, this fans have pinned on him and he likes it. I think he really likes it. He's like Tony. He relishes in that. And like, yeah, I'm really good. I win a lot of races. If you don't like me, I'm the way I am. So I'm not going to change myself. So. People tag him as that, but he loves it. I think he really enjoys it. Do you guys have any type of etiquette as drivers? Like, do you will you drive by and if you're pissed off at somebody, like throw the bird at him as you're <laughs> flying by him? Is there any funny shit that happens we don't see? Oh yeah. Oh, you'll shoot shooting the bird is that's part of it. That's part of it for sure. If you know if someone takes you off and then you finally pass them, oh yeah, it's a bird out the window. Or uh yeah, yeah, and you'll see it on TV sometimes. You know, sometimes the camera will catch it flipping off somebody. That's just part of it. You know, you got to get your frustration out somehow. And somehow giving the middle finger to somebody really gets your frustration out. Uh, and make Calm down and relax. So, um, yeah, that, that part. So a little wave every now and then if you're being polite and friendly, like, thanks. You let me go pretty easy. So, uh, but yeah, birds. Uh, I If next time you watch NASCAR race, just watch. Watch for birds to be thrown out the window because that happens pretty frequently uh, throughout the whole race. So. All right, Ryan, we're going to get you out of here. Last question here. What is at the end, end of the rainbow for you? Do you have an ultimate career goal before hanging it up? Oh, man, that's you know, tough. I, you know, I, obviously, you want to win a championship, right? At least, at least one, right? You want to be able to say you did that, have that you know, on your resume. I think you know, that's it. You, know, you just continue to try to get better and win races and, and contend for championships and try to win championships. I'd say you talk to any driver, that's their goal is to try to win championship and just have their name, you know, plastered there. Everyone wants to be a champion. This, that's what we dream about as kids growing up is you want to be, and any kid, you know, in sports, you want to be champion of the 
elite sport, whether it's the MLB, NFL, NBA, NASCAR, you want to be champion of that sport, the highest level. So that's the end goal. Um, hopefully I can do this for another 15 years and we can try to get one done in those 15 years. But uh, that's, that's the goal. And that's what everyone wants to strive for. That's what makes it so tough is everyone wants to do the same thing you do. I can't believe you didn't say winning an Oscar. I thought that was definitely <laughs> going to be, I thought that was definitely going to be it, Ryan. Forget the NASCAR you know, if, championship. If, you know, if, if Meryl will send me an email and want me to be in a, in a, you know, dramatic role with her, I, I, I'll think about it, you know, and that could, that could be my ticket right there. So we'll see. Kramer versus Kramer starring Ryan Blaney and Meryl <laughs> Streep. Ryan, you've been, you've been awesome, man. Thanks for joining the show. We're huge fans of yours, man. And, fantastic interview good luck with the rest of the season yeah i appreciate it guys thanks for having me on nice to uh nice to do it so y'all have a good one you take too care. take care man all right folks that was team penske star nascar star ryan blaney you know it's funny matt because people always talk about how nascar drivers are the highest paid athletes because of all their endorsements but Listening to Blaney, especially when you asked him all about the different cars that he has, and I even challenged him on this, I expected him to be like Ferrari Spider, you know, Bugatti, names that would like, you know, make us look like jerk offs. Meanwhile, the guy's like, yeah, I got my 84 Ford Bronco in the garage. And that was the moment when you realize Ryan Blaney, he's just one of us. He's just one of us. Not only does he have the NASCAR money, but he has that actor money. He was in shows like Taken, Magnum PI, and where the real money is, voice acting. He was in Cars 3. So, you know, he's got it coming from all angles. So, I mean, you would never know it. The guy is like humble as shit. Yeah, and by the way, not that he really probably cares about plugging the crew, but if you Google Ryan Blaney and the crew, he's getting rave reviews as an actor. So, you never know. We asked him if there was a potential Ryan Blaney, Meryl Streep crossover. He didn't rule it out. So you never know, Matt. But yeah, great guy. We we actually, without saying who we have coming up, we're working very closely with NASCAR on more guests. We're super excited. And between him and Kurt Busch, who we had very early on in the series, these guys are just real. They're authentic. They're relaxed. And we just get such great stories from them. So Keep it coming, NASCAR. We love your drivers. Man, I feel like I'm begging for something here, but you know what I'm saying, NASCAR. We love you. So, Ryan, thanks for a fantastic interview. Good luck with the rest of the season, and uh, we'll be cheering for you, brother. Yeah, and uh, now it's plug time. So subscribe to Endless Hustle wherever you listen to podcasts, Bro Bible's YouTube channel for Endless Hustle full interviews. You can also follow at Bro Bible for more content on Instagram and Twitter. You can follow our Endless Hustle account on Twitter at Endless Double Underscore Hustle and on Instagram at Endless Hustle Pod. And finally, if you're super desperate, you can follow me in particular at Mr. Kohan, K-E-O-H-A-N on Instagram and Twitter and Artie. And if you're even more desperate, you can follow me on Twitter at ArthurCade and on Instagram at It's Me ArthurCade. We're back with a brand new episode on Tuesday. We'll see you guys then. Peace.